Do you ever pray when you're in the middle of creating something? Either formally or informally, do you ever just call out to your higher power or higher self and just ask, what is it you want from me? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to know? What should I do next or create next? How do I get unblocked? Why is it taking so long? I know when I'm in the middle of one of these moments, I wish God would just drop it in front of my face and tell me what I'm supposed to do. Well, what if there was a way that we could get a reply in one of these moments of prayer? Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, and multi-passionate creative. This show sits at the intersection of creativity, mental health, self-development, and spirituality, and it is meant to give you tools to trust, love, and know yourself enough to claim your right to creativity and pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. Today, I'm honored to say that for the fourth year in a row, Unleash is having on the iconic author of The Artist's Way and prolific creative, Julia Cameron. Julia is a living legend, as well as an artist, teacher, poet, playwright, novelist, filmmaker, journalist, and music composer. She's best known for writing The Artist's Way, which has sold millions of copies, has been translated into 40 different languages, and gave her the title The Queen of Change for starting a movement that brought creativity into the mainstream conversation. I always say this, it's true, without The Artist's Way, there would be no Unleash. Julia got me thinking about creativity as a spiritual pursuit, and I have never looked back. I wanted to have Julia on the show again because, number one, I'm never going to say no to talking with the queen, and because her writing on guidance is the perfect example of how spirituality and creativity are intrinsically linked. In her most recent book, which is out now, Living the Artist's Way, she teaches us exactly how we can draw the line between our creativity and our connection with the divine. I mean, she's literally giving you and me a tool to access direct answers from our higher power. It's incredible. From today's chat, you'll learn what guidance is and how to use it, how guidance can influence your creative process, an incredible and exciting announcement about Julia's personal life, and what Julia wants us all to know about her as an artist. Okay, now here she is, the incredible Julia Cameron. I'm such a fan of your work, as you know. You've just changed my life and my creativity in so many ways. And this book cracked me open on a level that I have never experienced from reading your work before. Because you were so deeply vulnerable in it, sharing your own self-critical voice and journey to self-compassion, that it allowed me to recognize and have greater compassion for my self-critical voice. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. That was what I was hoping it would do. It did that. You know, I decided to try what you proposed throughout the book. I decided to try guidance for our interview today because I'm critical of myself. And I really related to the way you talked about what you go through pre-teaching I feel like that every time I come on a podcast, I'm like, oh, God, please let me be okay. Let me do enough. I always feel like I have to be perfect and, in your words, like brilliant in order to be good enough. And so I wondered if I could read you the guidance that I tried before the interview. Sure. Okay. So I said, something that I would like guidance with is my interview with Julia. And then guidance said, you will be wonderful. She will feel welcome. My sweet little one, it's time you know you can trust yourself and us. You've been so hard on yourself all these years. It's time for you to recognize your own goodness and how much you lead with love and light. You know what to ask. 
trust yourself, trust flow, trust us, trust Julia. You know the way. Listen to your heart, soul, and body. Breathe. You can do this. We love you. Oh, that's wonderful guidance. It felt so nice instead of clutching my way through something for once to open up my hands and allow and to go slow. It's hard for me, as you might know from all these times we've been together. But tell me first, for somebody who's not familiar, what is guidance? Guidance is wisdom that seems to come to us from a higher source. It's a kindly voice, a benevolent voice. It guides us in all arenas of our life. What is the difference between who you address during guidance and God? Are they one and the same? Well, I've never been able to figure out who they are. Yeah. I have said, who are you? And I have a friend who says, oh, they're angels. But I'm not so sure. I think of them as higher forces. I sometimes address directly to the higher power, or as you would put it, to God. Sometimes I'm too shy to do that. So guidance is a benevolent force, and that's about all I know. When you say you're too shy to do that, what exactly does that mean? It feels overwhelming to be that direct? I think the higher power is pretty powerful. And I think that when we directly address the higher power, we have a feeling of humility uh, and a feeling of maybe self-compassion. For you, I know guidance typically comes through written words. Sometimes you get it while you're on walks. Do you feel it has to be done through writing or can it be done verbally as well? Writing for guidance is the way to go. I think when we write for guidance and then write our answers down in guidance, we have a record of what it is we asked and what it is they said. That's very comforting. Uh, and we can go back and reread the guidance at any time. Now, guidance can come to us in other forms, but it just doesn't seem to me to be as straightforward and as positive. And how is it related to the morning pages? Can it be in the morning pages or should it be a separate act that you do? Well, I think it's a separate act. Morning pages, we are saying to the universe, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. <laughs> this is what I want more of. This is what I want less of. Uh, and we may hear some guidance back, but it's seldom as direct as when we ask, what about X? And we ask about a specific issue. What I find for me and for many people is that writing morning pages opens a doorway to guidance. So uh, it's a separate act, but it's done after morning pages. Mm. And so you typically, when you're going to ask your guidance, you do it right after morning pages it felt like when reading the book, it was several times throughout the day, whenever a question came to you. What time is best to do it? I don't think there is a best time. Uh, I think there's an often time, which is right after morning pages. But I think you can ask for guidance at any point during the day. 
when you feel a little bit baffled. Yeah. And Julia, something we've talked about before and I've read about is that you've often throughout the course of your life and career felt scared of being considered to what you call woo-woo. Yes. I know you wrote the book about prayer two years ago now. Now you've written about guidance. Where are you at with your journey to claiming your woo-woo and feeling good about it? I think I'm still afraid of being considered too woo-woo. That I think guidance is something which is by definition (laughs) woo-woo. It's asking us to believe in something that's intuitive rather than rational. Where I am is I have to realize that I am perhaps woo-woo and that that's all right. Yeah. Do you still find yourself as scared that someone will consider you that way or do you feel more at peace with it now? I think I'm more at peace with it now. I think writing the guidance book was a big help that it opened the door to sort of an inner pathway. Uh, And when I opened the door to the inner pathway and said, this is what I do, try it. I think I was stepping forward as being (laughs) (laughs) woo-woo. Well, I love woo-woo, Julia, so I'm happy to see it because we've talked about how creativity and spirituality feel so, I mean, I believe they're intrinsically linked. And you were so ahead of your time with talking about that. I mean, to me, you were really one of the first people to state that out loud. I'm grateful you're embracing the woo more and more every year. But one other thing that you mentioned was how much of yourself you brought to this book. I mean, you bring yourself to every book, but you really brought us into your inner world. What was that like sharing some of your deepest vulnerabilities in this book? I found myself saying, oh, I'm going to tell them that. (laughs) And then I would tell them that. I was worried. I talked about my fear around my writing being accepted by my publishers. That felt very vulnerable. I'm glad I shared it, but I'm also worried about sharing it. I get that. There's a lot because, you know, we're in a business that's like, fake it till you make it. Blah, blah, you know, they have such strange messaging around that. You've made it. I mean, there's nothing to prove at this point in your career. But for me, as somebody who looks to you as a mentor, reading that you struggle with the same creative pain points that I do made me trust you that much more as a mentor. Because why do I want to listen to someone who's always been confident? They don't really have anything to teach me about how to gain confidence in my work because they just were born that way. I don't think anybody is born totally confident. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. I think we may pose as someone totally confident, but I don't think it's reality. Yeah. Reality is that we are all somewhat frightened. Yeah. It was so liberating to read because we've all been in that situation where we've submitted a work to someone and we're waiting to hear their reply and we've poured our whole selves into this work. I mean, I go through this where I tell myself all kinds of stories. Oh, it couldn't have been that good. They must not really like it. 
And to hear you, this person that I and millions of people admire, goes through that same internal struggle as an artist, it felt like a warm hug. So I really thank you for sharing that. And in the times when you do feel, I don't know, like a, you have a, they call it a vulnerability hangover, just know that you empowered so many other people to know they're okay and their work is okay. Well, I think it helps to have what I call believing readers, which is that before we turn a piece of work into an ed editor for feedback, we show it to somebody who is on our side. We get their vote. So I have several people who are, for me, first readers, believing readers, uh, and I give them the book then I wait to hear their feedback. And if their feedback is positive, I relax a little bit. And if their feedback is less than positive, I go, oh, <laughs> I better do a little bit more work before I give it to an editor. Yeah. How do you deal with getting less than positive feedback? How do you take it at face value and not personally when it is coming from a believing reader? It helps here to go to guidance uh, and say, what did you think of the book? And then listen. What I have found is that even the most believing readers have vulnerabilities. They have places and things that they are not comfortable talking about. Uh, and if I'm talking about those things, it creates attention. And it's a tension that's best resolved by going to guidance. What is the difference in the sound of your thoughts and the sound of the voice of guidance? When you think a question to write to guidance, what does that voice in your head sound like versus the voice of guidance coming through with the answer? Well, I think my voice asking a question is a voice of inquiry and vulnerability. Uh, and that the short form of it is help. <laughs> when uh, the voice of guidance comes through, it's calm. Mm. It's gentle. It's, as you said, direct. I hope that you read the guidance that you got about this interview once we were being recorded, because it was a perfect example of how guidance sounds. I did. I recorded it. And when I, read it back after I wrote it out, I was shocked by how much it was exactly what I needed to hear and how it just touched me. It was, it felt like someone was wrapping their arms around me and telling me I was going to be okay. That's the big message of guidance. All is well. And then if you say, what do you mean all is well? Guidance will reply, do not doubt our goodness. Hey, creative. If you love the show and it has meant a lot to you, could you do me a favor? Rate and review on Apple. Give it a review on Spotify. Share it with a friend. These things all make a major difference in a podcaster's life and in growing their show. And I really want to build up this community of creatives who love, trust, and know themselves and love, trust, and deeply know others. So if you could do that and share the show with someone you care about, that would mean so much. All right. I love you.
Julia, this was one of my favorite parts. I mean, it was through every page in the book, but the role of optimism, hope, belief in goodness, in trusting and utilizing guidance. Why is that such an important piece of this work? We are brought up to be pessimistic. We are trained to ask ourselves, who do you think you are? Don't you think you're getting a little bit too big for your britches? A voice of optimism is a learned voice. As we write guidance, we increasingly hear optimism and hear goodness. What I have found is that sometimes we doubt our guidance. We tend to doubt it when it is, quote, too good to be true. It's as if we have a mental ceiling for how much goodness we can accept. Uh, And if we go beyond that ceiling and above that ceiling, we find ourselves afraid that we're maybe operating out of ego. What happens is that we practice, practicing guidance, practicing optimism, practicing goodness, practicing benevolence uh, is something that comes more and more naturally to us. Yeah. And I think it's hard too, because it feels especially like in the current world we live in, people have made optimism out to be a character flaw. And to me, it's the opposite of that. I think optimism is really brave. You're looking at everything in the world, seeing the things that don't work, seeing the things that work, and believing that it could get better and life could be beautiful. I think that we have been trained to be pessimistic. We call pessimism realism. Mm -hmm. And we're afraid when we seek guidance, quote, not being realistic, that we're being gullible. What about people who feel, for lack of a better word, angry with God? or guidance, or disappointed in their higher power, or feeling like just a sadness and a mistrust because they don't feel things in life or in their creative life have gone their way. How can they utilize guidance to redevelop trust with a benevolent universe? Well, I would ask guidance that very question. I would say, how can I develop trust in you? How can I develop faith in you? How can I develop a sense that you are on my side. And then I would listen. Guidance would respond, you're seeking me now. And that is a step in the right direction. You talk about in the book, the serenity prayer a lot. It comes up different times. And it got me to thinking, you know, how do we know the difference between what's not meant for us and a prayer that's just delayed? How do we know when we need to let something go and when we need to have faith? All right. Again, this is where I say you must ask guidance. Is this delay your denial or is it simply a delay? And then you listen and you write what you hear. Uh, And I think that we have a tendency to believe that a delay is always a denial. And we jump to the conclusion that we are not led. And in fact, we are led. Do you have an example of this in your own life 
that you would share? I have written a number of plays and I keep wanting them to be produced. And the guidance keeps saying, you will hear soon. And I keep saying, soon, <laughs> that's not soon enough. But what I have found is that it is soon enough. Do you still find yourself frustrated when it says soon sometimes? And do you ask it more questions about that? Like, at what point do you just say, okay, fine, I'm going to drop it and let soon be? I ask it more questions. What do you mean by soon? I get told things like, the seasons are temperate, and so is life in the theater. That's true. <laughs> Why did you decide to finally write about guidance? Because you mentioned you brought it up in The Artist's Way. You've dabbled with it in the books I've been reading in the past few years. But what was the moment when you knew now it's time to dedicate an entire book to this? Well, again, this is where I asked for what to write next. And I got told guidance. <laughs> and I thought, guidance? I don't want to try and write about guidance. And I got told, Julia, it's a worthy topic and you can write about it well. It was a cue that I took from guidance itself. And I noticed something about this book. The way you structured it was a little different. It's still week by week, but then there were shorter sections within each section, which I loved. I found that so moving. I felt so held, so guided by it. How did you decide to structure it that way? I keep bringing us back to guidance. <laughs> so it works. Guidance is the way that I knew what to do. I would say, what to write about next? And they would say, candor. And I would say, candor? That's a terrible topic. And they would say, just try it. That would result in a shorter episode. Sometimes the guidance would tell me to write on something that I had a great deal to say on. And other times it would tell me to write on something that felt fresh and appropriate, but brief. What would you say to someone, because I know you brought up someone in the book who is agnostic and still felt very moved by your prayer book. And I have a good feeling that a lot of people who consider themselves agnostic or atheist would read this book and still feel deeply moved. What would you say to somebody who is in that position? How could guidance still help them? Well, I have a new boyfriend. I had gone about 20 years without a relationship. And this man came into my life and we were talking and we would talk every night. He said that he was an atheist. And I thought, oh dear, what if being involved with an atheist turns me away from faith? But what I found was that being involved with an atheist just deepened my faith. He does morning pages, and he recently said to me, I think I'm going to have to start asking for guidance. <laughs> wow. So I have to give him this book to read. I think he'll love it. Well, I hope. I'm so happy to hear this. You know, I was thinking about 
I don't remember if it was the last time we sat down together or the time before that, but you had asked guidance, what about romance? And I was thinking about that this morning. And I was thinking, you know, if Julia wants that in her life, I really hope she gets that because you're such a beautiful person and you would make someone's life so much better. And I'm so happy for you that your heart is opened up again and you found someone and it sounds wonderful. Well, he's very, very smart. He's much more well-read than I am. And he um, is very, very kind. I knew I was craving smart, but I didn't know I was craving kind. And he has proven himself to be extremely thoughtful. I just feel very lucky to have found him. And I told him that last night. And he said, well, we're lucky that we found each other. So beautiful. Might I ask, are you in love? Yes. Wow. That's so exciting. What has falling in love changed for you creatively, if anything? How has it influenced your creativity? He's a writer also. He'll say, did you write today? And it keeps me accountable. I find myself feeling appropriately optimistic. It's a wonderful thing. So I would say he's been good for my creativity. I remember last time you were on, you read this beautiful poem about falling in love. Jerusalem was in the title. Jerusalem is walking in this world. Yes. Do you want me to read it again? I'd love to hear anything you feel inspired to read right now. I'm not prepared for this. I can't pronounce this bliss. The way we flow, the knowing where to go, this ebb and flow. Can't we take it slow? Where are the walls, the shadows in the halls? This light, can it be right? Where does it come from? I've known a different sun, walked a different earth where air was used for grieving. I think we're leaving. Ah, so dreamy. I'm so happy to hear this. This is wonderful. Have you written any poetry since you've been together? How has that been coming through you? I've written short poems, antic poems, happy poems. I feel like there's more poetry to come. I'm sure there is. I can't wait to hear it. What do you, Julia, want us to know about you as an artist? I've written a short story collection called Popcorn. I've written a thriller called The Dark Room. I've written a romantic comedy called Mozart's Ghost. All of these are available on Amazon. I think that what I want people to know about me as an artist is that I practice what I preach. And that it works. I don't know anyone who puts out a book every single year like clockwork, like you do. It works. I'm not sure I'm going to keep it up at that pace. That's okay. I'm sure you will trust your guidance if it tells you to do something different. Well, it tells me to slow down. How do you feel about that? Rebellious. <laughs> And like, slow down 
can't you just hurry up and speed up? So how do you balance those two? Well, one feeling and one knowing. How do you move through having those two things at odds? I just think it's a good thing to try and write every day. That if I do that, I will be led carefully and correctly. That's what guidance always tells me. Julia, you are led carefully and correctly. There's no error in your path. Do you think that's true for all of us, Julia? I think as we avail ourselves of guidance, we are led carefully and correctly. Guidance keeps us from putting a foot wrong. Is there any closing thought you would like to share with my listeners about guidance and how they can use it in their lives, creativity, relationships? What is your hope that people walk away with this thought of guidance? What I want people to believe is that guidance is available to all of us. It's not the specialty of an elite few, uh, and that if they avail themselves of guidance, they are going to feel led. They are going to come to feel safe that we live in a benevolent world. Mm. Well, guidance sounds a lot like creativity to me, and I hope that everybody will step into their guidance today and allow themselves to believe that they too are well-led. Thank you, Julia. Grateful for you. Love you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening, and thanks to my guest, Julia Cameron. You can get Julia's new book, Living the Artist's Way, now on her website, Amazon, or wherever good books are sold. For more info on Julia, follow her at Julia Cameron Live and visit her website, juliacameronlive.com. Thanks to Rachel Fulton for helping edit and associate produce this episode. Follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. Thank you, Liz Full, for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag the guests at Julia Cameron Live so they can share as well. My wish for you this week is that you focus on finding your form of guidance and use that within your life and creative projects. Guidance can really help you if you get stuck within yourself, and it's important to have something to go to when you need a question answered or a little push to move forward. I love you, and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.